This is Daf Kafzain in Masechet Ta'anit. We are on Daf Kafvav Amudbet, and we are where we left off, which is six lines from the bottom of the Amud. There it says Dukuli Alma. Dukuli Alma Miyad Shikor Chasub Besiel Kapayim. Everybody seems to agree that one who is drunk is not allowed to do Birkat Koni Minani. Where do we get this from? Amar Rabbi Yosha Ben Levi Mishum Bar Kapara. Rabbi Yosha Ben Levi said the name of Bar Kapara Lam Anis Mecha Parashat Kohen Mivarech LeParashat Nazir. Because we see that Birkat Kohanim is printed in the Torah right after the discussion of the Nazir. What's the reason? That man Nazir Asur Bayayin, just like a Nazir is Asur Bayayin, he's not allowed to drink wine. Af Kohen Mivarech Asur Bayayin. So to a Kohen who's giving Birkat Kohanim is prohibited from drinking wine. Matif Ravod Rabbi Zera. Father of Rabbi Zera objected. He said, "Va'amila Oshaya Bar Zavda." Some say it was Oshaya Bar Zavda who objected. Iman Nazir Asubachatzan of Kohen Mivarech Asubachatzan. If you're going to compare a Kohen who's giving Berkat Kohanim to a Nazir, maybe a Kohen giving Berkat Kohanim should also be prohibited from uh, eating a, an, a, a, a grape seed. That's what it says. Uh, so, and we don't say that. So obviously, this connection between Nazir and Kohen is not correct. Because it's it's from a different pasuk. Because it says the Kohen has chosen the Sharito to serve Hashem and to bless in the name of Hashem. Just like one who serves Hashem. In other words, saying the blessing of Bukat Kohen is compared to Sherut. It's compared to serving in the Beit Hamikdash. So just like serving in the Beit Hamikdash, he's allowed to have grape seeds. He's just not allowed to be drunk. So too, saying the Bacha, saying Bukat Kohen, he's not allowed to be drunk or to drink wine. But he's allowed to eat apple, uh, other kinds of grape products. Okay, if that's true, if you're going to say that, then maybe just like a kohen who has a mum, who has a bodily defect, is not allowed to do the service in the Beit Hamikdash. Maybe the same should be true of a uh, of giving berakat kohenim. So it says, it's cash. The nazir, no, since it's compared to a nazir, and a nazir doesn't have the idea of a mum, we say that a kohen, the, the, the having a mum does not restrict the kohen from doing berakat kohenim. If that's true, my chazitim cash the kula. How do you know that you should make the comparison leniently? Why not make the comparison stringently? Okay, so it says, uh, uh, in other words, how do you know which way to, uh, to interpret the, uh, uh, the, the comparison? And Tosafot explains, How do you know you should compare the Kohen to the Nazir to be lenient and say just like the Nazir was a Balmum is, uh, is allowed to be a Nazir so to a Kohen who wants to give the Birkat Kohenim can be, have a, a Mum. Maybe we should say that just like an, a Nazir isn't allowed to eat a grape seed, a Kohen is not allowed to eat a grape seed. How do you know which uh, element of a Nazir is being compared here? How do you know it's a leniency? So it says, no, asmachta It says that these are an asmachta. These are something that the rabbis uh, uh, learned these drashot out. They're not really the source of the halacha. And therefore we interpret them leniently. That's what it seems to mean. Now the Hagaud v'tziunim, the corrections or the uh, alternative uh, versions, says they don't have the word midirabanan. Because it's not a midirabanan. It's actually deraita, the idea that the Kohen is not allowed to uh, have wine in the system when he's doing Rukat Konim. So it should just say, Asmachta Ninu Ulukulad, that since it's not a literal drasha, we interpret it leniently because it's really a, uh, it's just used as sort of a siman to remember the halacha, but it's not really the source of the halacha, and therefore we can interpret it leniently where we need to. Now, Elohim Ma'amadot, what does it mean, the Ma'amadot? We learned that because it says that the Jewish people are commanded to bring the daily korban, they all have to be present. So they have a representatives that are present. So now it says, what, what does it mean? Ma'ika Amar, what does it mean? Hachi Kama. Elohim Ma'amadot, these are the Ma'amadot. Umatam Tiknu Ma'amadot. What's the, re- in other words, it says, what are the Ma'amadot? And then it starts describing the Pasuk about uh, bringing the korban tamid. We're missing 
missing a piece of the flow here. What it should say is, what are the mamadot, right? Or these are the mamadot. Umatam tiknu mamadot. What's the reason they establish mamadot? The fish in them because they establish nisav and mataleim. Because it says, um, uh, because it says uh, uh, that there's, that the Jewish people are commanded to bring the korban. In other words, the idea isn't to say what are the mamadot, but to say why they are. So that's just a quote really from the Mishnah, but we inserted the clarification that the question was about the reasoning behind the mamadot, and that's why it interjects with the pasuk, not defining what the mamadot were right away. The rabbis taught, there were 24 watches, and now we have your correction from the Bach that it should say, um, we didn't get to the part that he corrects yet. Um, uh, the Gra has Mishmarot Shelviim Beretz Israel. Okay. There were 12 in Yericho. How could you say that there are 12 in Yericho? That would make 36. Meaning there were 24, 12 of which were in Yericho. When the time came for that Mishmar to go up, so half of the Mishmar would go up to Yerushalayim, and half of the Mishmar would go from Yericho. They would come and provide water and other items of need to the uh, to those who were serving in Yerushalayim. Now Rashi explains, what does it mean that there were 12 in Yericho? Because when the time came for the Mishmar to go to Yerushalayim on Shabbat, uh, the, they, half of the uh, half of that mishmar would go uh, to Yerushalayim to serve, and half of them would go to Yericho, which was near Yerushalayim, and would prepare there uh, water and uh, and uh, whatever was needed for the uh, for the mishmar. So, in other words, some of them were doing the actual avodah, and some of them were taking care of the uh, taking care of the uh, physical needs of the kohanim who were actively serving. That's the way that the uh, um, that's the way that the uh, that Rashi has it here. He says that they would go, and that's why it says there were twelve in Yerichol because basically they would they would come there uh, to take care of the physical needs of the Kohanim. Ha- half of each mishmar would come there, so it's almost like there was another uh, another mishmar because uh, another fifty uh, percent of the mishmar was reproduced because fifty percent of the mishmar of all the twenty four mishmarot would go to Yerichol, so it was like there was another twelve uh, added onto it. In any case, I'm a Rabbi Kohanim ulevim v'Israelim akvinet korban. You need to have Kohanim levim in Israelim in order for there to be a korban. Matnitat and now we said in the right there. Mishnah Alazar said Kohanim ulevim ukleishim akvinet korban. You need Kohanim levim and also instruments. B'maikam b'algim also varikarish rabapel also varikarish rabakli. There's a machloket whether you have whether the essence of the song that the levim have to sing along with the korban is just their vocal singing or the kleish the kelim the. Uh, the musical instruments are are necessary. Are they ma'akev or not? They, are they indispensable or not? Amar Rav Chama Bar Guria, Rav Chama Bar Guria said, and according to the side should say what? Chizda. Rav Chizda Bar Guria. Fine. Amar Moshe Tikin. Then he said Shmona Mishmarot. Moshe Rabbeinu established originally eight watches of Kohanim. Abba Elazar, Abba Mitamar. Four from Elazar, four from four from Elazar, four from Itamar. Ba Shmuel ve'Midan al Sheshre. When Shmuel came, he made it sixteen. Seemingly eight and eight. Then when David Melech came, he made twenty-four, twelve and twelve. As it says in the pasuk, and there's a pasuk in 
and uh, this is a quote from the uh, uh, from the Freyamim describing how they set up the uh, worship of the uh, the system of the uh, Beit Hamikdash, and it goes on to say uh, to talk about the divisions of the uh, uh, of the um, uh, Kohanim into the various watches, Levim and the Kohanim into the various watches. So you see that, that happened in the times of David and Shmuel. Now the Gemara says, In this bite that says, not that Shmuel made it 16 and David made it 24, but that Shmuel and David made it 24, as it says. And this makes it sound like they did it together, right? That, that uh, David and Shmuel did it together in their fate. In their job, right? It doesn't mean that they did it all at once, <laughs> that it went from 8 to 24. It means that it was founded, in other words, the process, the gradual process that began with Shmuel, uh, who brought it to 16, and then David brought it to 24. So it's a gradual process. Between the two of them, it went from being 8 to 24. According to this, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't establish 8 Mishmarot, but 16. And when it turned out that the Bnei Elazar, the descendants of Elazar, were so many more than the Bnei Tamar, they divided them up, and they made it 24. As it says, There were many more uh, by the heads of the men, meaning the many more in the count, the census count from the Bnei Tamar, and Vayichalikum. Uh, so they, so what they did was they divided up. Says in the very clearly that they made the bnei lazar sixteen and they made the bnei tamar only eight, right? And it says uh, another pasuk from the same uh, instance there that that uh, the. Uh, uh, one for uh, uh, for uh, Elazar and Achuzah Achuzah Itamar, meaning uh, meaning to say meaning to say what Ma'ay veOmer vechitem akechid nefishe bnei Elazar hachina nefishe bnei Itamar. Maybe they'll say eventually they uh, uh, they caught up and the bnei Elazar also um, just like the bnei Elazar were uh, were many, so too the bnei Itamar were many. So it can tell you that no, achuz achuz itamar, meaning Misha, Rashi explains, Mashaya mitchila achuz itamar, achuzim ata. That what was an achuz, what was a uh, percentage for, uh, uh, for itamar before was now, uh, achuzim, meaning that they, it, it was no, it didn't change, meaning that the bnei itamar, their number didn't change, only the bnei elazar, uh, number changed. And, uh, and they were, and therefore it used to be that they were even. And, uh, and now there were much, there were double the amount of, um, it was achuz achuz, meaning now there were, uh, 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 half of the relative, uh, uh, amount. Before it was 50 50. And now there was double the amount of, uh, uh, of Elazar versus Itamar. So for every one, there were two. In uh, in in Elazar, and and that's so that's what it's coming to tell you now. Shmona meikara abavu. So it says, what, what does it tell you? It says that there were. It, it says um, eight, right? In other words, in this here it says that there were originally eight, and uh, and they expanded, uh, and they expanded it to sixteen, right? So, it, but you said it was four. Tashma bet av achad achuz Elazar achuz achuz itamar. 
right? So you so you see from the, you see from there that uh, that really there were Rashi says Alma kede kaimei kaimei v'shmamina the Moshe tikena him yud vav. So the implication is ched mizeh ched mizeh. In other words, according to this, originally there was eight and eight. Right? And later on, they expanded because the Bnei Elazar were so many, they made it 16. But really, originally, Moshe Rabbeinu had them at, uh, had them at eight, not at four. Right? It's a, it's a refutation of the idea that they had only, f- it started out with four and four in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu. No, it was eight and eight. I go like the one that says there were eight. In other words, that there were four and four originally. You're going like the one that says there were 16 originally. Everyone agrees that they were added to over time. There were really only four of the 24 original watches that came from Galut Bavel back to Eretz Yisrael. And uh, here, here they are. These are the four. So what do you do if you have only four and originally you were 24? So the Nevi'im got up and what do they do? And they had to, they had to reapportion the watches among only four. So they made out of the four, 24. How did they do that? They took all 24 names of the watches. So what happened was that each of the four Shvatim uh, or four Mishmarot of Kohanim that actually did come back. So they put all 24 of the names. Obviously, if, they, if it was Yadaya was one, so he would have, uh, if Yadaya was one, so he would, he would have his one, but then he would take five more <coughs> random names out of the hat, so to speak, and those five that he got, five, five uh, uh, Mishmarot that no longer, that didn't bother to come back to Eretz Israel, so he got those five. They're the five that he took out of the random thing. And then the next one who came took his own and then took five uh, random ones that now were his. So that way they took, uh, they absorbed into the four all 24 of the original watches. Then they made, a, they made an agreement and they made a condition that Shafilo Yo Yariv, Rosh Mishmarot Oleh, even if Yo Yariv was originally the first, the head of all of the Mishmarot, the head of all the uh, Kohanic uh, watches, but didn't come back, even if he came back, Oleh, Lo Yitched Yidache, Yidayam, come on, we would not push off Yidayam from his place, El Da'ikar Yo Yariv Tafelo, we'll make him secondary. In other words, the idea was that Rashi says, Ho'ilu Mitchila Lo Alal Yo Yariv, El Akol Mishmarot Anasut Midayam, Kodimot Navoda Yo Yariv, Yo Yariv Baba Ovid Achain. In other words, all the ones that were before, the, 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 even if the shifts come back, um, eventually these uh, groups of Kwanim come back to Eretz Yisrael, they're going to have to be after all the shifts of the, uh, the uh, Kohanim that, were, that did come to Eretz Yisrael. So the ones that came to Eretz Yisrael originally, the first four will always take pre- precedence over the ones that came after. So even if they come back and they, re- they can now participate again, but they're, always, they're not going to have their primacy. They're going to have to go in order after the four that came back first. Now we learn the the people in the Mabad who are the Israelim, they would read in Parashat Bereshit. Now, what would, what, what's the reason for that? Where do we get that from? Rabbi Yaakov Baracha. Rabbi Yaakov Baracha said, Rabbi Asi in the name of Rabbi Asi, that if it were not for the Mamadot, for the prayers, for the acceptance of the Korbanot, the heavens and earth would not exist. As it says, because we know that Avram Avinu said to Hashem, uh, how do I know that my children will inherit the land? Because Avram said to, um, to Hashem, 
the master of the world, Shema Yitzel Chotin Fanecha. Maybe the Jewish people will say, "Natal Selam Kedorah Mabul Torah Palaga." Maybe you're going to wipe them out, like the generation of the flood or the generation of the dispersion. Amarlo and Hashem said to him, "Lav." He said, "No, I won't." Amarlo Fanavi Bnei Shalom Hodi Eni Bamayu Rashenda. He said, "How do I know that that's true? Even though you're telling me no, how do I know that?" Amarlo he said to him, "Kechali Eglam Mishulashet Veiz Mishulash Ba'Ed Mishulash etc." Hashem told them to bring all of the different korbanot, where they would make the brit ben abitarim, the covenant between the parts. But the point was the korbanot. Amarlo Fanav Bnei Shalom Tenach Bezman Shabed Megdash Kayam Bezman Shabed that's good when there's a bit of Mikdash that they can bring Korbanot and therefore continue their relationship with you and then even if they do wrong you'll forgive them and you'll renew the, the, the covenant with them it will be good but what about when there's no bit of Mikdash don't worry I've already given them an order of Korbanot when they read it before me I consider it as if they offered it and I forgive them for all their sins in other words when we learn the laws of the Korbanot we learn the laws and the ideas of the Korbanot Korbanot are really symbolic essentially so when we learn them we study them it says if we're offering the korbanot and Hashem will forgive us and therefore the, the this means that the whole idea is that the korbanot are what allow the universe to continue to exist what allow the Jewish people to continue to exist even when things go wrong and so therefore the ma'amadot are critical because they are representing the idea that the uh, the, the universe depends on, the existence of the world depends on the continued avodat Hashem that we are doing the rabbi said taught anshay and it should say according to the gra anshay Mishmar, it says, should say, Ve'anshei Ma'amad. Okay? But it says it should, uh, it should be switched. It says, Anshei, Mishmar and Anshei Ma'amad, it should be switched around. The order should be switched around. Fine. So, uh, what does it say on the side? It says, Anshei Mishmar. It says, should say Anshei Ma'amad first, and then Anshei Mishmar. Okay. So either way, so it's, uh, but what it says now we're going on. Shemish Machayim mitpanei l'korban achayim sheit kabel v'ratzon v'anshem ma'amad mitkatsin betaknesis v'yoshvin dal taniot. That uh, it, it says that anshem ma'amad, according to uh, the other way, that the people of the ma'amad would be praying for the korbanot to be accepted, and the anshem mishmar would get together in the betaknesis and sit for the talit taniot. But the the point is that. Um, Either way, a group of them would would pray for the korban, and they would be present at the Beit Hamikdash when the korban was being brought, praying for the uh, those those who were actually in Yerushalayim would go to the korban and they would pray for it to be accepted, and those who were not in Yerushalayim would come to the Beit Knesset and they would sit and they would pray, uh, and they would have four fasts: on the from Monday through Thursday they'd be fasting. On Monday they would pray for those who were traveling by sea. On the on Tuesday for those traveling in the desert. Um, on Wednesday, they would pray that the disease should not befall the children. Uh, on Thursday, they would pray for the pregnant and nursing women. Uh, the pregnant woman that they should not miscarry in Menikot, and the nursing women that they should have enough to uh, enough milk to nurse their young. Um, that's the uh, so so there was a theme to, to each of these fasts, basically. Um, and uh, Rashi here says. That uh, that um, there's a connection, but because on the second day, meaning on Monday, we mentioned the ma'im, so that's uh, and on the third day we mentioned the land, and uh, and the word me'orot is associated with Wednesday, and me'orot could be me'ira, a curse, so it's for disease, and the idea of uh, reproduction is referenced in the reading of the ma'amadot on the uh, on Thursday, so that's why it refers to the women, the pregnant women. But in any case. On Friday they did not fast. Make for the Shabbat. 
they didn't fast because of the honor of Shabbat and Kabbalah Shabbat Shabbatatzma, and certainly not on Shabbat itself. Now, Bechad Shabbat Ma'ita Ama. What's the reason why they didn't fast on Sunday? Right. So Ma'ita Ama, Ma'ita Ama. Am Rabbi Yochanan Bnei Notzrim. Rabbi Yochanan said because of the Christians, since the Christians had. Uh, Sunday as their holy day. If they saw that we're fasting on it, they would be offended and think we're insulting them. Rabbi Shmuel Ba'nachamani Amar Neshu Rabbi Shmuel Ba'nachamani said, "No, it's because it's three days from the creation of Adam. Adam was created on Friday, um, and so th- and we know that the third day after any kind of a uh, surgery or anything like that is the worst day. So it's the weakest day. So therefore, to represent that, we don't fast on that Sunday because we were we're, we're thinking of the weakness of Adam." After his creation. No, it's because of the extra soul. That a person has an extra soul that's implanted him on Erev Shabbat. And when it's taken away on Motzei Shabbat, he feels, that extra soul makes him feel weaker. And therefore he's not as able to fast on Sunday as on other days. Because it says Hashem rested by Nafash and he was refreshed, so to speak, Kevan Shabbat. That when uh, sh- that Shabbat is over, Kevan Shabbat, after you have rested, Vay of Danafish, you have lost that, um, uh, you, uh, you've lost that soul. Meaning once you have rested and enjoyed the Shabbat and the Shabbat is over, woe is to you, you lose that extra soul and losing that extra soul makes you weaker and therefore it would be harder to fast on Sunday according to that. Now, um, so it says on the on Sunday they would read Bereshit, the first paragraph of Bereshit and also Yehiyakiyah, which is a which is Yom Sheni. Tanat Bereshit Bishnai, the first paragraph you read with two people Yehiyakiyah Bechad. The second paragraph you read with one. Now Bishnai Yehiyakiyah Bechad. We understand why you, the sec, second paragraph you read with only one person because Tlat the Psukei Afod. There's only three Psukim. But Ela Bereshit Bishnai. But how can you read the first paragraph with two people? Hey Psukim Bavian. It's only five Psukim. And we know, and it says here, Utnan in the par- in the parentheses, but it says on the side that it really should be Vitanya, and a bite that says, You can never read less than three psukim, so how are you going to sp- split five psukim between two people? Rav says, Doleg, which, which Rashi interprets to mean, you repeat. In other words, the first person reads three psukim, the second person repeats a pasuk that the first person read, and goes on and reads the rest. So you make six psukim out of the five. Shmuel says, no, what you do is you read the first two psukim and a half and you stop in the middle. And then the second person reads the half of that pasuk and the next two so they each get three. Why didn't Rav like the idea of Shmuel to interrupt in the middle because because he said any pasuk that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't make we don't make we don't make new pasukim. Then Shmuel says you should divide it when we paskin and how could you do that? Rabbi Chanina Kara would teach Rabbi Chanina Kara was called Rabbi Chanina Kara because he would teach the kids how to read. Um, uh, how to how to read from the uh, the psukim? So Kara, he would teach them how to read. He was a teacher. So it says hey, he said Tzar Gadol It was a big difficulty for me. It's Rabbi Chanina Gadol with Rabbi Chanina Gadol, the, the elder Rabbi Chanina. The only time he would allow me to divide up psukim into smaller pieces was for the babies, the young young children, not for adults. So because it's in order to teach them. <coughs> they couldn't learn otherwise, but otherwise you're not allowed to break up Sukim. So how can you break up Sukim to make an extra Pasuk, to make six out of five? It says, Ushmuel, Shmuel will tell you, what's the reason over there why you were allowed, why in the end he allowed him to do it? Because Mishum because there was no other way to teach the kids. It's also not, it's not possible here to read the five Sukim as six unless you divide it. Right? So he says, Ushmuel, Ushmuel, Amar, Posek, Maitam, Amar, Dolek, why didn't he take the idea of doleg, why doesn't he just let you repeat that third pasuk? 
for the second Aliyah, like we generally do on Rosh Chodesh, that's how we handle it, right? Why doesn't he allow you to do that? But problem is because if you read three psukim and then somebody leaves the synagogue after the first Aliyah, they're going to assume that the next person's only going to read two. Or if somebody walks in and sees that you started from Pasuk number three, they're going to assume that the previous guy only read two and that people are going to assume that people are reading less than three psukim at a time, right? Made the way we raise an objection. It says that if you have five, a, a section of six psukim, two people can read it. You divide it up. If it's a, a five psukim, one person reads it. If the first one read three and then stopped, so then then he has to read the remaining two psukim from this parasha, from this paragraph, and one more from the next paragraph. And some say no, he has to read three from the next paragraph. Because you're not allowed to read into a new paragraph less than three psukim. Again, the reason is because if you stop only two psukim or one pasuk from the beginning of the paragraph, people are going to th- assume that you only read, if they come in the middle, that you only read one pasuk, you only read two psukim. So the point is, that uh, according, so you see from here that five psukim is supposed to be read by one person, right? Not supposed to be read by, uh, by, by two people. So the Gemara says, wait a second. So why don't we say there that if we're talking about a case of five psukim, right? Why don't we talk about, or we're talking about somebody, a case where you had five psukim, somebody already read three. What do you do with the rest? It says go into the next paragraph, continue on to the next paragraph. Why don't we do what we're saying to do here, which is either repeat pasuk number three or divide up pasuk number three. Now, maybe we wouldn't be able to divide it up uh, unless we knew in advance that that was going to happen. But in either case, the point is, in other words, why don't you either repeat or divide up pasuk number three? So it's a That's different because... Uh, uh, because he has space. In other words, in our case, we can't go into the next paragraph, right? We're only doing these two paragraphs, and so we can't go over the bounds of the paragraphs that we're restricted to. If you're reading a regular parasha of the Shabbat, you could keep going. If you re- didn't read enough psukim, you just keep going into the next paragraph. But when we're reading a specific reading designated for that day, we can go beyond the bounds of that day. And therefore, we would not have the luxury of continuing on to make up the missing psukim. And therefore, a person has to either repeat or divide up the pasuk. And the halacha, of course, is that we repeat the pasuk that was, uh, that, you know, that's that third pasuk in order to give uh, a proper number of psukim to each reader. Uh, the, most co- the example that we have of it really is of Rosh Chodesh, where we have enough, uh, we have three people read out of the first paragraph, and there's not enough psukim for everyone, so we have the Levi repeat the pasuk that was concluded by the uh, by Rishon, and that way we double up to create enough psukim to divide up among all the olim.